0: Hi there, this is Gift Biz Unwrapped, episode 92. I can't find this product out there, so I'm gonna to try to make it myself.
1: Hi, this is John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneur on Fire, and you're listening to Gift Biz Unwrapped, and now it's time to light it up. Welcome to Gift Biz Unwrapped, your source for industry-specific insights and advice to develop and grow your business. And now, here's your host, Sue Monheit. Hi there. It's Sue, and welcome to the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast. Whether you own a brick and mortar store, sell online, or are just getting started, you'll discover new insight to gain traction and to grow your business. And today I have joining us Amy Olson of Cuffs. Amy's a stay-at-home mom who launched an accessory business after coming up with an awesome idea. She was looking for a product that would add style to her boots and complement any outfit. And when that product couldn't be found, she decided to create it herself. Now, Amy didn't have any experience in the fashion industry and had no idea about how to go about getting her product made. She didn't even know how to sew, but she borrowed her mother's sewing machine and took it one step at a time. And now, two years later, here she is, growing a successful business. Welcome to the show, Amy.
0: Hi, Sue, thank you for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. So
1: happy that you're here. The first thing I like to do is start out by having you describe yourself in a little bit of a different way, and that is by sharing your vision of what your ideal motivational candle would look like. So if you were to tell us the color and the quote on your motivational candle, what would those be?
0: The color would be a soft, warm green. Green is my favorite color for a lot of different reasons, but just a warm, kind of soft, peaceful, green color. And the quote on there would be, doubt kills more dreams than failure ever will.
1: And boy, as an entrepreneur, doubt pops up all the time, doesn't it?
0: Oh, it does. And especially with my story, like you had said in the introduction, I was a stay-at-home mom. I'm you know, still a stay-at-home mom that came up with an idea that I had absolutely no idea how to move forward or how to you know take this product from idea to reality. So I ran into a lot of doubt all the time and afraid to fail. But what I found over the last couple years is you're going to fail and it's going to happen and it's just going to lead to success if you decide to learn from that experience and not let it shut you down.
1: You know, so many people come up with ideas for products and it just sits there never happens and I love your story because you had the idea you had no idea what you were going to do how it was going to come to reality and we're going to talk about that in a minute but you decided to go forward and see what could possibly happen and gift biz listeners same with you if you're sitting there and you have found through the course of just your normal day that you have an idea that solves a need for something Listen to this story about what Amy's going to talk about and one step at a time, what could you do to possibly make that a reality and build a business just like Amy's doing? Before we start off, I want to make sure that everyone understands what your product is so that as you're telling the story, they're go- it's going to make sense to everybody. So give us a little bit of a description of what cuffs is.
0: Sure. Cuffs is a sleek and stylish fabric cuff. So it's really just three pieces of fabric that are sewn together that look like a, you know, a cuff. And you can take that product and wrap it around the top of your boots, the bottom of your jeans or your leggings to give those pieces, your favorite pieces in your wardrobe, a fresh new look.
1: Perfect, and you've got lots of different styles and designs and they're very easy to apply,
0: right? Yes, we have lots of different designs and it really is simply, you just take the cuff, wrap it around the top of your boots. There's some silicone on the inside of the cuff that gives it some grip. So it holds onto your boots or your jeans. And then it's a really kind of a big bobby pin that you slip over the top of your boots and into the cuff that holds it in place. So it's such a simple idea, but it makes such a difference in, you know, if you're putting it on your boots or your jeans, it's a totally different look.
1: Absolutely. And later in the show, we're going to talk about how people can go to your website and take a look at these. But for now, I want to go back now. So it's not too far back, two years, right? Right. And so you had this idea. And if there's more to the idea story, let us know. But I want to start going through the the next steps of what did you do after you had the idea? Where did you go from there?
0: Okay, so I had the idea because you know, like most women, I have a closet full of clothes and at times nothing to wear. And I had a pair of boots and they were expensive for me. I had spent a lot of money on these boots and I'd been wearing them for the last three seasons. And I was just tired of them. I was tired of styling with them. I didn't know what to do with them anymore, but I was not in a position where I could buy another pair of expensive boots. And I thought, this is silly. There's got to be a way that you can kind of transform the look of the boots and the clothes that you already own without spending a fortune just buying more clothes. And like you had said, when that couldn't be found, I was walking by my closet one day and you know, I was thinking, I just couldn't get this idea out of my head. So walking by my closet and I grabbed one of my scarves and I wrapped it around the top of my boot and I thought, that's it. That totally changed the look of my boots. So then it was Rifling through my closet, taking all my scarves out and wrapping them around all my boots and thinking, this is it. And I was so excited about the idea. Then I sat on it for a little bit, a little bit longer because I was not sure what I was going to do or how to move forward. And so I just, like you said, took it kind of one step at a time. And I decided I can't find this product out there, so I'm gonna to try to make it myself. And so, like you said, I had borrowed my mom's sewing machine and I had to actually teach myself how to sew. I started an accessory company and I didn't even know how to sew. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just really passionate about the idea, which led me to the decision to move forward. And in the beginning, I thought, I have no idea if this is gonna go anywhere. Maybe I'll just, if I can even figure out the design. That was really the first thing. Can I figure out how to make this
1: work? First you had to learn how to sew. So let's, we'll get past that. We'll, we'll right. already say that you know how to use a sewing machine. So then you started doing prototypes for yourself probably, right?
0: Correct. So it took me about eight months. It was a long process and i just kept coming up with designs and doing more research originally the idea was just on boots so i was researching boots and how wide they were and what was the common width and how am i going to attach this how is it going to stay in place so i'd make one prototype And then tweak it a little bit and pass it out to my friends. And then they come back to me and say, oh, it's falling off or it doesn't fit. It doesn't look right. And then I tweak it again. So I spent about eight months just tweaking the design and improving it along the way until finally I had something that worked and it was universal. It could work on any boot. So that's really how it started. I just kind of worked on the prototype. And then when I finally had something that worked, I passed those out to my friends and they came back to me telling me they loved it. It was great. (laughs) And just the
1: fact of getting outside input, too, is so important, because I think we all are the biggest fans of our product. Oh, sure. But everyone else has to be a fan of the product, too.
0: Right. Well, you know, that's an interesting story, too, because like you said, you know, your friends and family will tell you all day long that they love the idea. But I really wanted to get some genuine feedback. So like I said, I made about five or six pairs and I passed them out to my friends and I asked them, I said, just wear them around town. But please don't tell anybody that I made them. You know, we wore them to book club, we wore them to Bunko, girls' nights out, and it really started a little buzz within my small town of, you know, Mount Prospect here. And I really got genuine feedback because nobody knew it was me. So when we were at Bunko, someone would walk in with them and they'd say, oh, your boots are so cute. Where did you get those? And they'd take the cuff off and say, oh, well, I can't tell you where I got them, but this is the product. And so I really got some genuine feedback in those first few months.
1: That is great input. You are right, because you really know that they're being honest, because they can say anything, right?
0: Right, yeah. To your face, if you love the idea or you don't like it, you're not sure if you're getting true feedback, because someone doesn't want to tell you, oh, yeah, no, not for me. They're just not going to do that. Right. So if they didn't know who created it, then they will talk openly and honestly. Right, for sure. And they did. Some of them, I did get some feedback that wasn't. 100% positive, which helped me kind of tweak a few things. So it was really a great first market research.
1: Sure. And you want that feedback because you want to see how you can make improvements and especially even the very first product, bring it out to the market as complete as it can be because you want people to really see it and love it right away.
0: Yeah, exactly. But don't be afraid. It's going to change. The design is going to change your customers. What I have found will think of things that you didn't think of or see flaws or ways of improvement that you didn't think of. So you really have to be open to taking in that feedback. It's hard when it's your product and it's your baby and you don't want to hear anything negative. And sometimes you take it personally, but you can't. You have to say, oh, I didn't think of that. Oh, she's got a
1: great idea. I agree with you there. All right. So you've got the product and were you making it all out of your house at this time? Yes. And are, are you still making it
0: all out of the house? I'm not. I finished the product. It would take me an hour to make one pair. <laughs> so I thought this well, was... remember,
1: you weren't a seamstress before. Exactly.
0: So, <laughs> so this isn't going to work. So now the product is made locally right here in Chicago. And then it comes back to me almost finished. So I put the silicone strips on it, insert the pins, and then package it up.
1: Got it. Okay, so that's nice. So you're getting a little bit of help in production, which is perfect. Yes. I'm going to back it up again and we'll talk about the product some more in a second. So you have your prototype. What did you do? And you, and you had the testing done. Right. What was the first step in terms of getting eyes on the product on more of a global basis?
0: It started small for me cause I really wanted this to grow organically. I didn't want to put the cart in front of the horse. My friends encouraged me to enter a small craft fair. you know, the type that would be in a church basement or at the local elementary school. And I thought, okay, I'll make a hundred pairs and see how it goes and see if people will actually open their wallet. And they did. I sold out of those. And I thought, okay, so then my next step was a little bit bigger craft fair and then, you know, create the website. And so I just took baby steps from a small audience, growing that audience and exposure to now just last weekend, I was at the one of a kind show here in Chicago and I got exposure. 65,000 people came through the show in four days.
1: How did that show perform for you?
0: Oh, wonderful. It was great.
1: All right. So that's the product evolution. Let's go jump back over to the company side. What's the story behind the name?
0: The name I actually had help with. So I started as Off the Cuff Accents. And I think maybe a year into it, I won an entrepreneurial contest. So it was a company out of Rockford, Illinois here called Thinker Profit. And they were running what they call a push award. So they scoured the country looking for new products that they could help launch. And I won, <laughs> I, was, wow. you know, I submitted my product, not sure if I'd hear anything and I actually won. So what you got was $5,000 worth of their services to help give you a push in the right direction so we sat down we talked about the name what it should be it needed to represent the product because this was a whole new accessory concept so they actually presented me with cuffs and i fell in love with it right away
1: it's perfect and your logo is also beautiful
0: they did that as well really i have to give them credit for that it was their creativity All right. So you've got
1: your logo. And what was the name
0: of this company in Rockford? It was called the Push Award. And the name of the company is Thinker Profit. And I still work with them today. So they're helping
1: guide you as you go along. Yes. All right. Super. So you've got your logo. How about your website and social media? And what were you doing with all of that again, right when you were getting started?
0: Right when I was getting started, they helped me with the website and they also helped me with some branding. So I had the website developed and social media, you know, I struggled with social media. You remember that commercial, like, does anybody know how to post videos to Facebook? (laughs) (laughs) That was me. I really had no idea how to tackle social media or what to do. So I just read and read and learned as much as I could. I created a Facebook page and how to get authentic fans. And I really started posting once a week and then twice a week and seeing what people liked, what they didn't like. And so social media was a beast in its own that I had to learn and tackle and figure out because each platform is so different. Right. Yeah, so I started, they helped me. Profit with the website, got that going, had to learn that entire process and then got my social media up and running, my Instagram account, Pinterest, Facebook, and it's slowly grown over time and I continue to learn what works and what doesn't work and what messaging my customers want to see and what I can help them with.
1: Social media in and of itself keeps growing too. So just because you land it and you feel like, okay, I've got this platform, it makes sense, it's performing, you always have to stay on top of it because things keep changing. Live is the big thing now. Oh, right? yeah. Right. So
0: are you doing any live? I'm not. And to tell you the truth, I was just talking with my friend about it yesterday. I'm afraid. I don't know. I don't know it. I don't understand it. I'm not sure what I would talk about. So I'm really trying to tackle that fear right now and just jump in. I think you just kind of have to do it the first time and not be afraid that You're going to look silly. I was talking to her. He said, well, no, what if nobody shows up and I'm talking to myself? Well, we can talk about this a little bit afterwards if you want, but it
1: really doesn't matter because, and I know a lot of listeners are doing live too, and it is scary. You know, I've been doing live for a long time and I still get a little bit anxious before I press that button. But the nice thing is, especially on Facebook, is even if no one shows up, that can stay in your feed so that people can go back and look at it later. And lots of times, I mean, I am so impressed when people do show up live because it's like, okay, you dropped everything in your life right this very minute. To be spending some time with me while I'm on right now. I mean, how awesome and what a compliment is that? And not everyone can do that all the time. So I wouldn't even worry about that, but I think totally you should get on because you can also show how now you can sew. You can show, you know, just little behind the scenes things, which could be super fun and your shows,
0: you know, when you're out at the shows. And for me, live, like my product needs to be demonstrated. You know, like at the beginning, we talked about what the product is but i really hope your listeners go and take a look so you can see the power of cuffs so for me video and Facebook Live is really the perfect platforms because I can show them the product, I can show it on and off, I can talk about how to incorporate it into your wardrobe and the customers can get to see me sometimes behind a fashion brand you think it's this uber trendy person. It's not, it's me. I'm a stay-at-home mom just like many of you and I have everyday style advice that I can give you and so Facebook Live is really the right platform for me. I just have to kind of get over my fears and jump in. Okay, well guess what? Now you've told
1: the world that. So we're all going to be watching you.
0: (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) There you go.
1: You made the commitment. And you're a self-learner, clearly. So we'll be waiting, Amy.
0: Great.
1: (laughs) All right. So let's talk. And and still, I mean, I'm so impressed because you've come a long way in just two years. Can you tell us a time when that doubt crept in and you were like, you know, why am I even doing this? Maybe this isn't for me or something that happened that you had to overcome to keep going?
0: I think in the beginning, it was probably the manufacturing. So I spent, like I said, about eight months creating the design. And then I said, now what? Now what do I do? And in the fashion industry or apparel industry, it was very difficult for me to get, number one, anyone to take me seriously because I had no experience I didn't understand the language or the logo I didn't I I didn't understand any of it so getting a manufacturer to take me seriously when I only wanted like 150 or 200 pairs made at a time was very difficult there's not a lot of manufacturers out there that do small runs so it really took me a long time to finally find someone who would take a chance on me and I struggled for a long time thinking, well, I have this great idea, but I can't find anyone to make it. I mean, I went across the country. I wanted to stay local. If I could, definitely made in the USA was very important to me, but I couldn't even get people to call me back.
1: Oh, wow. How did you resolve that?
0: I ended up here in Chicago taking what they call a manufacturing tour. There's a company, Fashion Brain Academy, right here in Chicago, and she offers a tour of all the manufacturing plants that are here in Chicago. So I went on that tour and it was fantastic. It changed everything for me because I met the manufacturer that I continue to use today. So you've got to go into the plant. It wasn't as intimidating or scary anymore. And you could talk to them and say, this is my story. This is what I'm doing. What do you think? I didn't have a pattern. I didn't have a tech pack. I didn't even know what any of that meant. So That was really the jumping off point for me. And I found this manufacturer in Cicero here. She kind of took me under her wing. And I would show up with what I thought was my tech pack or the instructions, the pattern. She's like, okay, we need to get you a new pattern. Here's someone that can do it for you. I'm going to show you what the tech pack should look like. And she really changed my business.
1: And you found her from the tour that you did? Yes, so getting yourself out there, you, knowing that you needed someone, and then accessing help of professionals.
0: Yes, exactly. And you have to get over being afraid to ask questions or being afraid to look like you don't know what you're doing. And for me, sometimes in the fashion industry, it can be very intimidating. It moves very fast. Everyone seems to know what they're doing. And I had no idea. So I just had to swallow that fear and say, you know what, I don't know what a tech pack is. Can you explain that to me? or Mm -hmm. I don't know how to get a pattern made, where should I go for that? And it took me a little while to kind of get over that, Once you do, you're not afraid to ask anything anymore. If I don't understand something, I ask because you waste so much time trying to figure it out yourself.
1: Well, and I think you dig a hole for yourself, too, because if you were to have gone on that tour and then not said anything like, oh, my gosh, what does that mean? I'm not going to say anything because then it's going to, you know, it's going to show that I don't know. you walk away not knowing anymore. And how would you ever go back with those same people and admit then that you didn't know? Right. Exactly. Got to do it right in that time, that
0: moment. You have to. And you can't be afraid to ask questions or to feel like, oh, this is going to be a stupid question. I'm going to look silly or they're going to know I'm, I don't know what I'm doing. You don't know what you're doing.
1: So what? Who cares? Right. And what's the worst they're going to do is say, "Um, seriously, you don't know, you ought to go find out.
0: Right. But more than likely, they're going to share with you
1: at least a little bit of information and then you can go and, and add on to it.
0: Right, exactly. And so that's how I found my manufacturer. And like I said, I still work with them today. It's, it's been a wonderful relationship.
1: Great information. I really appreciate that last point was really, really potent. So mostly right now, you've got your website up, but you're doing a lot of shows.
0: I did a lot in the past. I do the bigger shows, the one-of-a-kind show, you know, shows like that. I'm, I've kind of graduated from the smaller craft fairs. And what I'm really trying to focus on now is internet sales and then also developing trunk shows, going out and visiting the boutiques and having their customers come in and see the product and and introduce it to them that way.
1: And what was the deciding factor with the smaller shows that where you decided you weren't going to do that anymore?
0: It wasn't the right target market so I would do some of these shows and actually not make my booth fee back. And it's very hard to investigate a show and get a true sense of who's attending the show. Are they there to buy? Are they there just to shop? So I would spend a lot of weekends. You know, it's a, it's a tremendous amount of work to set up for these shows and then stand there for four days and sell And then to walk away not making a profit because it wasn't the right target market or my product was too expensive for that market or everyone was there looking for something else. So what I thought to myself is I can get a captive audience with Facebook and Facebook ads. And instead of spending $400 on a show that I might not turn a profit from and gaining exposure to 200 people, I could take that $400 and target ads on Facebook and reach thousands of people, targeted customers. One of your
1: options could have been, oh, people aren't buying my product, I need to reduce the price, which is obviously breaking into your profit, right? Mm -hmm. So that's not the way you looked at it. You re-looked at this and said, this is not my target market, which I think is also really, really kind of an advanced level of thinking, because some people would think, well, oh, it's just the price. And everyone is so ready to go to price all the time, (laughs) offering two for one or reducing the price or something like that, where you, I think, took the wiser approach and analyzed the whole situation and decided, okay, you know what, there may be a better way for me to do this.
0: Right. Because I had had a few shows that were fantastic, like this one of a kind show I sold 400 pairs in a weekend. Well, four of them were to me. <laughs> right? Oh, that's right. <laughs> it's just, it's the right target market. I've, I've got them at the right time. It's, you know, they're looking for my product. They're looking for a gift. They're they are there to spend. After finding a couple of different shows that produce a profit for me, that was great. I thought, okay. But then again, spending an entire weekend... And not making a profit or sometimes losing money not even making my booth feedback I thought this is kind of silly it's this is just not my market I know they're out there because I would like I said I would have shows where I would get fantastic responses so I thought okay, I gotta I gotta switch something up here
1: so two things that you really did well and gift biz listeners I want to underline this for you is number one we just talked about price number two is Amy just didn't keep doing more shows She didn't keep doing something that wasn't working more. Sometimes we think if we just put more effort in, do more, somehow a magic button's going to flip. And that's not necessarily right. You have to do something different. If you're not getting the results you need, you have to do something different. And so for you now, it's internet sales and trunk shows, which clearly with your product makes so much sense.
0: Right. Because with the trunk shows, it's a benefit to the boutique. So I'll use your clothes, your line to showcase my product. So it's a win-win for both of us. So if someone sees me with your jeans on with my cuffs, they're more likely to buy the cuffs and the jeans. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's profitable for them to host the trunk show as well, which sometimes as opposed to other trunk shows, if it's jewelry or whatever beautiful craft you're doing, it's really, you're just selling that. I have a kind of an advantage where I can say I could sell those boots all day long with my cuffs in your store. If you get the people here, we can do it.
1: All right, so now you've gotten your customers and either they've come from one of the shows or they've come online. How do you stay in touch with them? How do you encourage repeat sales? I have a newsletter.
0: I really encourage people to sign up for the newsletter. We call it You're a Cuffs Insider. That's where I'll give you access to my blog, any special coupon codes that are going on. The Cuffs insiders get first access to new designs as they roll out. It's a way for me to communicate with them. I send it out maybe once a week, once every two weeks. I don't bombard them with, oh, we're having a sale, 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 or whatever it is. It's more about just communicating with them like this is going on with Cuffs now, Here's a blog post I wrote about how to pack less for your next vacation or how to transition your wardrobe from summer to fall. I communicate with them not only about my product, but the needs that they're looking for, the the struggles they have with their style or their wardrobe. So it's not just always about, I feel like I'm building a relationship with them, not just selling my product.
1: Right. You're getting them to a mindset where if they open this email or newsletter, there's going to be value. It's not just in your face selling again. Right. And there's value when you do present a new product because, or a new pattern or whatever it is, cause they're the first ones who get to see it.
0: Right. And a lot of times sometimes it'll, a new product will go and it'll sell out. So I want to make sure that they feel special, that they have first access before anybody else. These are my VIPs. Before I'm going to show anybody else this new design, and I'll give them sneak peeks, I'll communicate with them. Sometimes when I'm at the fabric store, I'll take a couple pictures. Hey, guys, I'm thinking about this, this, and this. What do you think? What do you like? So I really want them to be involved in the process of developing the product and picking patterns that they like. They're already kind of buying in at that point. Right. So it's important to build that relationship with them. And the newsletter for me is the best way to do that.
1: All right, Amy, we're going to swing now into our reflection section. And this is another look at you and other things that you do that have helped you to be successful. Is there one natural trait that you call upon that you see you continually are using that keeps propelling you forward?
0: Yes, definitely. I think it's my creativity and my curiosity. So like I said, I've had to learn everything in this business. And a lot of people would find that daunting and and I did, but my curiosity drives a lot. So I would see reports on, oh, let's just say Facebook ads can do this for your business. I wouldn't think, well, I don't know anything about Facebook ads, so I'm going to move on. My curiosity would say, well, how, how are they doing that? What are they doing? So I, you know, I read, I can't get enough, you know, I read anything I can get my hands on. And then I'll take that information. I think my creativity comes into play and spin it in a way that will work for me or use it in a creative way that benefits either my customers or my product. So I'm always learning. I'm curious, curious about everything.
1: (laughs) I love the fact that you say you're curious, you learn it, and then you put your own spin on it as to how it will relate for you. Right. Right. And I think that's also a challenge for a lot of people. New things are coming out all the time, Sure, new social media platforms, you know new yeah. new everything. And if you always are going to every single thing that's new, then there's just too much. So you're doing a lot of a lot, but a little bit of a lot versus taking what you need, adjusting it. And I'm sure you've seen some right. things and said, you know what? I can take a pass on that right now. That's really not moving the ball forward for me. Mm -hmm. So you're analyzing it against your situation, which I think is really
0: important. Definitely.
1: Is there a tool that you use during your day to keep you productive or to help create some type of balance?
0: Definitely. I have a day planner and it's an old fashioned paper one calendar that you open up and you write in. I need to write everything down. Everything is so digital and I need to touch and feel. So this day planner, I open it up. On Sunday of that week, I write down my goals. What do you want to accomplish this week? If it's calling five boutiques or creating a new Facebook ad, sourcing new fabric, I'll write those goals down on Sunday and then spread them out throughout the week. And that really helps me stay focused. One of my other favorite quotes is plan your work and work your plan. As an entrepreneur, you can get sucked down so many different rabbit holes and spin your wheels. And before you know it, you've accomplished nothing right so for me it was setting those little goals every week and then organizing myself to accomplish those goals because you know you'll be on facebook or writing a post or whatever and before you know it you click here 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 and you're down this rabbit hole and an hour goes by you're like what am i doing right <laughs> <laughs> you know and if i don't use that planner for a couple of weeks i don't accomplish as much as i could i'm more efficient i get more things done it helps me stay focused
1: Right. And it makes you feel productive because you're able to check off once you've done something that you said was one of your goals for the week. You can cross that off and you can see your advancement also. It's right there right. in the book.
0: Yeah, it's right there. I did it. Okay, what's next? So what's the next step in that goal? Yep. And that'll be for next week. For me, it would be overwhelming to think my line is going to be at Nordstrom's. How do I do that? You would shut down. It's, it's impossible. So setting yourself little goals to get towards that is how I am successful if it's too overwhelming i think you have a tendency to just shut down and say that's impossible that's never going to happen
1: little steps are achievable big leaps are much more difficult to even conceptualize much less do right exactly big huge house still starts with the first brick exactly what book have you read lately that you think our listeners could find value in
0: since i'm focused on the internet world i'm reading dot com secrets it talks all about the dot com world how it works And really it's all about sales funnels. You know, you can spend a lot of money on Facebook ads, Google AdWords, promoted Pinterest pins, but if you don't have a sales funnel and you don't know where your customers are coming from, where they're leaving your website, why they're leaving that page, you're not really gonna get anywhere. And so this book talks exactly about how to what is a sales funnel how to break it down, how to create one, how to see where your sales funnel is failing you or falling apart and how to fix that. So that I have found very interesting and very useful.
1: Perfect. And giftbiz listeners, just as you're listening to the podcast today, you can also listen to audiobooks with ease. And I believe .com Secrets might be on audio. I'm not quite sure. But I've teamed up with Audible for you to be able to get an audiobook just like this for free on me. All you need to do is go to giftbizbook.com and make a selection. That's giftbizbook.com. Okay, Amy, now I would like to invite you to Dare to Dream. I'd like to present you with a virtual gift. It's a magical box containing unlimited possibilities for your future. So this is your dream or your goal of almost unreachable heights that you would wish to obtain. Please accept this gift and open it in our presence. What is inside your box?
0: Thank you. When I open that box, what I see is me standing on stage at either QVC or HSN selling my product introducing it to millions of people and selling out that is really you know, the goal that I am attaining and, and working towards
1: I thought you were gonna say Nordstroms um, no is this a step on the way to Nordstroms or <laughs> you know I
0: think Nordstroms would be after that Cuffs needs to become a little more mainstream and it's still a, it's a new accessory concept so it needs to be shown I'm really focusing. Um, like I said, the videos so I can show the product and QVC or HSN would be the perfect platform to be in front of millions of people and really show them the power of cups. So
1: you better get your manufacturers all ready. To go. Exactly,
0: Exactly. <laughs> so when I dream big, I'm standing on that stage introducing the product to millions of people.
1: I love that. Perfect. Well, for our listeners who are listening while they're out jogging or in a shop straightening stock or something like that, and they don't have a chance right now to jump over to show notes, where would the best place be for them to look at your product and learn more about you?
0: That would be on my website, Cuffs.com, and that's K-U-H-F-S dot com. All the products are there, there's an About Me section, style inspiration pages, instructions on cuffs. It's really the best place to see the power of cuffs and get an understanding of what the product is.
1: All right, Amy. I saw you at the One of a Kind show, and I also could see you on the stages because you're such a good presence for your product. I mean, you're so personable. You're demonstrating your product all the time, which of course is super important. You just fit right in there. So there is not a doubt in my mind that that's going to happen for you. I'm sure on behalf of my listeners and me, I wish you much success and may your candle always burn bright. Thank you, Sue. It's
0: been a pleasure to be here.
1: Where are you in your business building journey? Whether you're just starting out or already running a business and you wanna know your setup for success, find out by taking the Gift Biz Quiz. Access the quiz from your computer at bit.ly slash giftbizquiz or from your phone by texting giftbizquiz to 44222. Thanks for listening and be sure to join us for the next episode. Today's show is sponsored by the Ribbon Print Company. Looking for a new income source for your gift business? Customization is more popular now than ever. Brand your products with your logo or print a happy birthday Jessica ribbon to add to a gift right at checkout. It's all done right in your shop or craft studio in seconds. Check out the theribbonprintcompany.com for more information. After you listen to the show, if you like what you're hearing, make sure to jump over and subscribe to the show on iTunes. That way you'll automatically get the new episodes when they go live. And thank you to those who have already left a rating and review. By subscribing, rating, and reviewing, you help to increase the visibility of Gift Biz Unwrapped. It's a great way to pay it forward to help others with their entrepreneurial journey as well.